Dear Abby Normals, welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we are. Wait, what? Three. Three anxious counts. <laughs> and you skipped one week. Now who doesn't know how to do the intro? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm Macy. And I'm one of the three anxious counselors. I already said me. Well, the, what was after that? And we like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Yeah. Welcome. And that's what we're doing today. The power of three combines yeah. and we'll get stronger it's next so much time. Better with all of us here. <laughs> so we've been doing like a show or a movie review, like on our every 10th episode, like mm-hmm. 180, 190, but mm-hmm. we forgot. So we're doing our movie re- review episode now on 191 because mm-hmm. we just... Uh, got too ambitious. Okay. We're nimble, so we're flexible to the needs of the cast. We are, we, we're like water. Yeah. We flow. Over the stones of casting. So we're gonna talk about Donnie Darko, mm. which you had never seen before, right, Sarah? Which I had never seen, and I've still not seen the ending. Oh! <laughs> I didn't make it that far today. Oh, it's okay. We'll find about halfway maybe a little over halfway so i'm excited to hear about the ending so this is the 2001 film okay. set in 1988 it's got a great cast yeah it's got the john hall sibs uh-huh. playing sibs yeah right, right. it's got yeah. drew barrymore it's got patrick that was, that swayze was, that's his sister yeah that's real his life. real right, life big sister that's cool um it has seth rogan playing I seth know. <laughs> Being really mean, being a bully. Yeah, right. it's a really great cast. Drew Barrymore, yeah, yeah. This was like the quintessential Swayze. movie. Swayze, right? R.I.P. Swayze. Um, I know. But yeah, that's this was something that like I grappled with this movie. I probably have seen it over 30 times at this point. Really? Oh, yeah. Because okay. it was one, like in my high school era, this was like one of the cult classics that kind of kept rolling up that everybody wanted to watch mm-hmm. so did you all watch the theatrical version or the director's cut i've seen both um for the most recent one i i uh, watched director's cut um i was happy i hadn't seen it for a while i was happy it still holds up i still enjoyed it i thought it was a good movie soundtrack is amazing it's one of my favorite like, that's what got me into some 80 vibes for the first time was watching donnie darko like some of those songs yeah yeah, yeah they're really good <laughs> shall i walk us through the scenes yes yes please do. i have my notes too that i okay i don't have notes i just have nope. the scenes you I, did. Notes, I, I actually have <laughs> I, have I have the full script so i'm gonna that's how i'm gonna tell oh, you the scenes cool. i have quotes that i liked that i pulled so we start out um, so this is in Virginia, and we come across Donnie Darko sleeping, you know, in the middle of the road <laughs> in his PJs with his bike. So he he wakes up. Um, I thought he got into an accident. Is that what you thought? At first, as it like pans in, there's like a body in the road. Mm. Like, What's that happening? could be some foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so <laughs> I thought, I was like, oh, what happened? He got an accident on his brain damage. That's like where my head went oh, okay. in the beginning. It's like your Rorschach test. So then he hops on his bike and goes, um, starts riding away. So then we, so what I really like about something they do in this movie quite a lot is they have these like montages mm-hmm. where they just have this nonstop like 
camera on and yeah. there's no talking but it like tells so much story mm-hmm. about the character so that's how they introduce the family his family is mm-hmm. you know there's the dad who's <laughs> the playful like doing the, the floor so we can see that he's like a jokey guy um and then elizabeth darko the older sister so you know she's kind of putting up with it but you know whatever she's got things to do and then you know the mom i noticed right away she's reading it and drinking white wine i'm like I was like, what time and she, day is that? That was like my first thought. I'm like, is this like I a have morning? a lot of thoughts about mom <laughs> as we get through yeah. this to the end. Mom, mom played a specific kind of role. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, there were some things where I'm like, ooh, that was a weird thing you said or did. And did you notice mm-hmm. the lighting in it was kind of, it was on the dark side or it just the lighting was a little moody oh yeah Yeah. which kind of set the tone it was yeah i mean very like you know small town mystery mixed with serial killer vibes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. exactly so um donnie goes into the kitchen and so the family has on the fridge their like communication little whiteboard (laughs) and it says where is donnie um so we know that somebody was aware that donnie was somewhere but you know, they're all doing their thing. Nobody was out looking for them. Nobody was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you're home. You know, everybody's kind of just doing their thing. They're bit. doing their thing. Yeah. So after 30 times of watching this, I had a, I had, I, I feel like I'm microanalyzing all of it now because I was like on the whiteboard. Only at this point in my life would I say, is that the family that wrote that on the whiteboard? I don't know. I think initially I assumed it was. Because that's what yeah, linear-wise makes we sense. We did not not see anybody writing that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to fast forward to when they're, the Darko family's having dinner because there's some funny dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is <laughs> Which funny. makes yeah. it even more funny knowing that they're real siblings now. Yeah. Had that little yeah. back and forth. Like, they were laughing and you could tell they were really enjoying that. There's some good genes in that family. <laughs> So Sister Elizabeth, you know, tells Donnie, you're a dick. And Donnie's like, whoa, Elizabeth, a little hostile there. Maybe you should be the one in therapy. Then mom and dad can pay someone $200 an hour to listen to all your thoughts. So we won't have to. And Elizabeth's like, maybe you'd like to tell mom and dad why you stopped taking your medication. Dun, dun, dun. And that just yeah. those three lines, like we learned so much yeah. about like their sibling re- interaction. Mm-hmm. We know that yeah, Donnie can be a dick, and mm-hmm. that he's on medication. So That's then we're on. like, something's going on well, with Donnie. And obviously, they're close enough as siblings too, where she knows that, but is again a, a dick too as a sibling and willing to use it against him in the court of family. <laughs> family dinner family dinner right yeah. so yeah that dynamic um, i hope you're gonna say the next part of yes the yes, yes. Okay, good. so um <laughs> you gotta let pdf yeah, highlight feature mm-hmm. so i used her i was excited to find the whole script though yeah but what's interesting is the script there's some some of it's not the same because sometimes like the final cuts they take different takes right. or some of the dialogue is different in the script all right read it with drama well, Donnie is like <laughs> glaring at Elizabeth. You're such a fuck ass. <laughs> and then the mom's like, when did you stop saying you're taking your medication? 
And Elizabeth's laughing. Did you just call me a fuck ass? Fuck ass. And the mom's like, that's enough. And Elizabeth says to Donnie, you can suck a fuck. <laughs> How exactly does one suck a fck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. We were different parts. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then um the mom's, you know, trying to like create order. We will not have this kind of language at dinner. And dad's over there like giggling, kind of. Yeah, he's like trying not to. So we kind of see like, okay, that's dad's role in the family. Which is like a family dynamic, I think that's pretty well played out. Like the mom's trying to, but then drinking wine in the background, and dad's like making jokes about everything, and then ultimately will put his foot down if he has to, sort of thing. Yeah, and the little sister says, What's a fuck ass? <laughs> and dad chuckles, <laughs> like he laughs at that. Yeah. So so there's like this little sister that's like um you know younger right she looks a lot younger but she goes to the same high school i agree that was the role like her like casting of that she seemed too young she seemed elementary school for what she was supposed to be yeah yeah all i mean all those girls yeah they seemed more maybe early middle school Mm -hmm. maybe because they were doing the mm -hmm. cheer thing she seemed more innocent and just i don't know a little bit Mm -hmm. immature well, it seemed like she was like kind of the mainstream, whereas you know Elizabeth's a little bit maybe rebellious. You know, mm-hmm. she has a leather jacket and um, doing her gap year, mm-hmm. and you know Donnie Darko obviously is not mainstream. Oh, and he makes that great comment about my husband's uh, payroll or what was it? My husband's paycheck. Like, right. She's a very, basically yeah. like you're thinking that like, he's going to work. Like, I'm right. Work too. It's a very, yeah. It's, or be the only one. Working. Was this in Seattle yeah. kind of mindset? Like it was a very kind of liberal family set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we see a scene then. And I'm I'm just skipping around. I'm not covering every single scene because we'd be right. here for five hours. Right, right. So we're in the, we see the upstairs bathroom, and Donnie takes his pill bottle out mm-hmm. and swallows three pills. You know, so I'm like, has he been taking the pills? Has he not? Why is he taking them now? Like I was kind of thinking mm-hmm. from a therapist mindset, right. It's interesting that I first saw this before I ever was in school to be a therapist. And <laughs> that's my probably first context of a therapist was watching Bunny. Yeah. Not quite how I thought it would be. Yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking he was back on the bed. I was already like, oh, you were like, I was like, okay, no, he's like, well, I'm like, the what are I, these pills? The way he like took it, it seemed like aggressive. He was like, but then I was like, oh, I'm sure that was just his normal dose. I was mm-hmm. like analyzing that. Like, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So then we see the title card, October 2nd, 1988. And this is really important scene. So Donnie is woken up by this whispering voice. Wake up, Donnie. And... I like his own voice, though. Did you guys notice that at all? Did I? I Which I'd like to read, like, Google that and see. Maybe if it was. Yeah, cool. Distorted, which his own voice distorted. So the voice is telling him, you know, uh, to follow him. And so he does to the golf course mm-hmm. <laughs> right. and tells him hell of a night for a walk, huh, Donnie? And like just some strange things. I've been watching you. Do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. So there's like 
these themes of 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 God that weave right. in and out of the right. story. And so then all of a sudden there, standing on the seventh hole is Frank, who is like, you know, a full bunny suit. A full bunny, but like it seems like a human in a bunny suit. Right, right, right. It's super creepy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And the bunny says, my name is Frank. I want you to follow me. I'm here to save you. The world's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Look up at the sky. So there's a lot of this kind of like of what's to come. And then the most important message, 28 days, six hours, 42 minutes, 12 seconds. That is when the world will end. Bum, bum, bum. And shout out to our old roller derby teammate who had this tattooed on her foot. Oh. In exactly the same font. Frank I font. Which, I don't know. I remember seeing that. That's cool. You have to tell me later. Ah, okay. Gotcha. It reminded me of uh, Yellow Jackets a little bit, where she wakes up in the middle of the night and gets led by this. Oh, right. So then we see um, this scene in the house. Elizabeth's coming in the front door. There's this big crash. Plasters raining down. Books are flying off the ha- the shelves. Everything's collapsing. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth falls back in horror against the door. Beautiful chandeliers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like rocking and everything's um, falling apart. And then we, the next scene is at the seventh hole. So this is Sunday morning. Donnie's curled up asleep on the green. Uh, Patrick Swayze's there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Swayze. Right. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're just kind of like, a little confused. Uh, giving him shit, like, son, what's going on here? Yeah, and they know cool. him. It's a small community. Kids. So Donnie gets up, brushes himself off, and then he sees on his arm that those numbers are written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, it's a whiteboard marker. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. acts like a sharpie in the film, right? That as an <laughs> office supply I, I was like, that. that is a discrepancy. I did not notice that. I mean, <laughs> very good right, right. There would have been more schmear. There would be way more schmear, especially at nighttime, like across a golf course with sprinklers. It would, it would be gone. I mean, it would, right. it would just be I like mean, it'd be a muddy mess. Yeah, he'd be, he'd have no idea. What it would not was. look perfect <laughs> like no it idea. did. So that you know, it just Hollywood discrepancy right there that's probably the biggest one (laughs) in this whole movie now yep thanks (laughs) so then donnie's like walking home and we're kind of getting the idea like okay donnie falls asleep in weird places right like there's some yeah at this point you're like okay mental healthy things i remember in as a high schooler watching this it was you get sucked into the moodiness of the movie like i remember like watching it many times and still having no fucking idea what any of it meant or like, like, what could it mean? It was just like, it was so abstractly moody that it sucked you in and you were okay with not knowing by the end still and liking it, which is an odd thing for a movie to be able to do. And then in adulthood, I've investigated more. To accept the uncertainties. Right. And then as an adult, you're like, well, I must know. And then you still find out you still don't get to know. Which You is don't get to know. Yeah. Yeah. 
The director does not reveal all. That's frustrating. So don't. <laughs> I thought I was going to get answers. Sorry, Sarah. He will tell you the end of the movie, but that doesn't mean you get answers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Donnie goes home and like there's police and fire trucks everywhere and there's this crane lifting a jet engine from the house. With the big swirly swoopy doo on it. Yeah, swoopy doo like a hypnot. that's another connection right the more you watch this the more you see connections right like there's so many why i've seen it so many times i'm like oh my gosh that and that oh my gosh that and that yeah 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 i actually found the 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 book that we'll talk about later the chapter so i was going to read that later unless you have it too oh the short story no the um the the time traveler's guide the first three chapters oh no but i did read the short story the one that they that the teacher got fired for. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one too. That's also foreshadowing. It crane lifts that jet, yeah, and then Samantha says it fell on your room. So immediately you're like, "Whoa, oh. he dodged a bullet." Yeah, he he could have died. He could he have died there. had he been. Thank goodness he wasn't in the room. He was yeah, thank goodness. Phew, phew. For that evil bunny saved him. But then there's weirdness because Frank, like Frank saved him. that jet engine, like nobody knows where it came from. There's not like an yeah, airplane missing a jet oh, engine. And you start to see the government people <laughs> show up because the government people are starting like uh, asking questions about uh, this engine and there's they don't know where it came from. So yeah, that like you don't you're not supposed to say anything about something you don't know. Right, right. Which made me really think about your topics recently with the... Yeah, the family had to sign that weird, like... Waiver. Waiver. Yeah. And so they go to, you know, stay at a hotel. Really nice hotel, but they have to basically shut up. Wait, what was the waiver? I kind of missed that part. Well, the, the government people were like... Um, I said, I we'll saw them, like, come place over, everything. Talk over here. Mm-hmm. Like, like... They, took they couldn't talk time. about it. Uh-huh. But but then this is the conversation with dad in the car. Yeah. Of like, but no, Donna, you can tell your therapist, you know, tell your therapist anything right. you we want, but, but can't we can't talk about right. yeah, what happened. Okay. First mm. rule of fight club. <laughs> um, so then we see the next title card, October 3rd. So we get the feeling that we're marching towards this yeah countdown that frank told us about the 24 days thing so then we see this i wanted to mention the bus stop scene Mm. because this is where we're introduced to charita chen who is like the the asian girl that's being like picked on yeah they're bullying and at first i was like oh this this is where the movie doesn't hold up but then i'm like Oh, this is 1988, though. And that, like, people were assholes then. So, in a way, it does hold up still. It's like a good historical record of how shitty people um, were and continue to be, I might add. (laughs) So, we meet Donnie's two best friends, and they're kind of like, you know, like, kind of dorky, but... Think they're cool? They think they're cool, but... Like they all get along together, so yeah. I mean, I was like, Bonnie has friends, <laughs> right? He's like, are you going through like an assessment here in your mind of yeah, like yeah. social supports? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Donnie's in school. Donnie, yeah, you know, really he did take his medications. Yeah, has medication. Has a therapy. Yes, yeah. Seemed concerned. Yeah, yeah. Even though she called her a bitch, that was not nice. That was not nice. Was had, it? I, I love, felt I really good to mom in that scene, and that was very. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Your son just called me a bitch. <laughs> He goes, what did you, you were just being bitchy. You're not a bitch. Or you were bitching. You're, you're bitching. bitching. You're bitching, but you're not a bitch. Yeah, that was I, cool. I thought that was cute. Yeah, that's a cute, like, yeah. again, like, where you can see where her uptightness, like, why they would be. They make sense as a married couple yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Also, I don't think she works. Well, yeah, because she was PTA meetings and all that stuff. She was like talking about, and she like coordinated the girls like cheerleading. Oh God, we'll get to sparkle motion. Sparkle motion. (laughs) I didn't get there, but I did. You didn't get to sparkle motion. At the middle, when I didn't have time to watch the ending, I fast forward like through and just kind of watched it, and I saw this big dance scene. So, oh my God, that sparkle motion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. they decide, so the friends are being like, you're famous. I try to call you like a jillion times. This is pre-cell phone. And Donna's just like, we went to a hotel. And I'm kind of, at this point, in my therapist's mind, I never noticed this before, but I'm like, is he fucking over-medicated? Because he seems real kind of a little bit disconnected. I never noticed that when I watched it like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I just considered him more like edgy, angsty. Me too. I don't think I ever honestly put the mental health or medication thing into any light when I was younger. Or is he on the wrong medication altogether? I didn't even think I thought about it this time either. But maybe that's because I watched it so many times. But when the friends yeah. are like freaking out and like you're famous and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, we went to a hotel. I'm like, that's, it seems... <laughs> Well, they're a pretty, little subdued. But there's like yeah. this foreboding, you know, all of a sudden he has the, these dates and times on his arm and he has to act normal. And like, what do you do with that? If you tell people they're going to say you're crazy, like obviously you roll well, that on your own. He mind. seems to I mean, admit crazy. freely that he's crazy. Right. But they can't tell him he can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So he was also like, uh, let's just move on with that conversation. So they have a celebratory smoke because he's famous. <laughs> Right. And then, you know, the little sister's there and he's like, what happens if you tell mom and dad about this, Samantha? That was really mean to you. And then Samantha says, you'll put Ariel in the garbage disposal. That was so sad. So we can see that, you know, I mean, how much of this is normal sibling stuff? How much of this is Donnie? It can kind of just be a little bit of a dick sometimes. I mean, saying that, like, yeah. I'm going to like take your doll but then he goes to that next level of like i'm gonna put it in the garden that's so mm-hmm. but then he's, yeah he's got a dark side donnie darko darko dark side well that's like they make him because he's like the intellectual moody brooding yeah. one but there's yeah i mean there's nothing in there that's like oh he's the like nice guy like there isn't actually anything that he's the nice guy other than he like doesn't want people to I don't know be taken advantage of that's kind of a theme throughout is like you should want to be kind he's into transparency yeah you know I found out I could not tell how intelligent he was when he had the whole smurf did we get to the smurf scene we never got to the smurf scene actually I don't think I I include that in our 
thing. So but, yeah. you want to you can talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, just how he had the whole like background story of Smurfette and uh, mm-hmm. the friends were just kind of making you know just rude comments. Like, why is there a female Smurfette? Yeah. Oh, she's having sex with all the Smurfs. Everybody and... thought that back then. But then, yeah, right, exactly. That was like the mainstream idea. Yeah. But then he had this whole other like intellectual took it to another level idea. Which well, which really which happened. may show like that underlying nerdum mm-hmm. that he may actually be coming from of maybe being a bit more of an outcast because like to have that level of knowledge about Smurfs because he did he yeah. he knew about all the, the reasons Gargamel like all of that which take that's a different level of fandom right. I was impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. He's a nerd that turned hot that <laughs> then became moody when he realized that he was picked on. Yeah. I have some theories, too. <laughs> They're a little different. I'll get into it. So then we're at the school, and then there's another, like, this montage with these awesome, like, long shots. So this is where we intru- we're introduced to so many people, like, the kids at the school, the teachers, everything. So Donnie walks in. Everybody's like ooing and awning. He's loving it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He he's horny, mm-hmm. as he says many times. He's horny. Well, they got that therapist scene too. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that one. Mm-hmm. So we meet Gretchen Ross, um, new student. We see the principal. We see. The sparkle motion, practicing their routine in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. We see Miss Pomeroy, who is the <laughs> English teacher. Is that Drew? Yeah, yeah Drew right. Barrymore, who kind of looks at them like, what the fuck yeah. is that? <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> Which is very telling. Like, we learn just in that, like, look. There's yeah, no dialogue. There's so no good. explanation. Yeah. We know, like, okay, where where she's coming from. Like, if from. this was poorly filmed, it could have been a horrible movie. <laughs> but they did such a good job. Uh, yeah, I just love those long shots with no words. It's Cinematography, just yes. So Even the cool. first scene where they just kind of pan across all the trees and it was yeah. in it, like, pulled me in instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, the first yeah. impression, I was just like... Well, and it's still different. You still don't see that, like, commonly used. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, it's really neat. So then we're in the English class with Drew, (laughs) a.k.a. Miss Pomeroy, and they're reading The Destructors by Graham Greene. So Mm -hmm. I thought as part of my research today, I would read it. It's a super short story. Um, It takes a minute to get into because it's an English author. And it it took a few paragraphs for me to like get into the writing style and be in that zone. Above and beyond. Well, mm-hmm. I want I'm impressed. To... <laughs> well, here's the reason. The reason is because Miss Mrs. Farmer, mm-hmm. the bitch mm-hmm. of the no, movie, like fear to love the bitch of the movie. She accused Miss Pomeroy of. I mean, this is later. Oh, of right. teaching pornography. So I wanted to read it and see what the pornography Which, again, was. Is and there's another... no sex in it. But again, that's even. Disappointing. It's even more foreshadowing, though. It is more foreshadowing, yes. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay, so Gretchen Ross comes to the doorway of the classroom, and I love this scene, too. Yeah, this was interesting. And Miss Palmer is like, may I help you? And Gretchen says, I just registered, and I think they put me in the wrong English class. 
And this primary kind of looks at her and says, you look like you belong here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gretchen asks where she sits. And... When she said that, I was like, does that mean this is like an AP class? <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds very smart. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> And no, then, I don't think that's what she meant. Miss <laughs> Pomeroy says, sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. Could you imagine how horrifying that would I be? I was so horrified. No matter what, you're screwed in how you handle that. So first I was like, okay, super heteronormative. But then the one girl was giving her eyes and I'm like, okay, like we're allowing that. For the 80s too. But right. then but I took it they made well. her get up. Mm-hmm. But I Junie, it, I took who didn't read the book. girl was looking at her like you better not sit here because oh i looked at it like making eyes that's what i interpreted Mm. see how we all have our lens i know yeah but that wasn't an option given and i was and i had to think about it like do i have a problem with this or not like i mean you you can still even if you're full-on, you know, lesbian, you can still judge a cute boy. I mean, I feel yeah. that's... So maybe very, it's fine. I feel like it's a, an appropriate comment from a teacher, though. Like, Well, well I, that's why things Ms. happen later. Right, and Miss Pomeroy in general reminds... Like, even her attitude, it almost feels fake to me. Like, I mean, she knows she's a high school teacher, but she acts almost like... Like, she knows that she's smarter than that, like, which she is, and she should, like, be at these other levels. So, to me, it's almost like she's has this she's little bit. around. I think she's trying, I mean, would be we'll get to it, but I, don't know. I think she's trying to relate, be relatable to the kids, and I think the kids are responsive. Mm-hmm. Like, they like her. Mm-hmm. There's no disrespect. They're, other than poor Joni, they're all doing their homework. <laughs> kids would buy in. Sorry, Joni. Yeah. 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 Kids would buy into that. And that's the main thing. Like, you're going to learn from a teacher you like. Mm-hmm. Do you not like a teacher? You're shut down. Well, you're done. Even if a teacher said that to a student nowadays, oh, they'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 1988. <laughs> it's the year of my birth. A lot was impassable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my birth. Like what? Like my birth. <laughs> yeah. It was a good year to choose to come to this earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now um, this is where Donnie and the dad, they're driving um, him to therapy. And then suddenly the dad has to slam on the brakes because, oh shit, Grandma Dad's standing right in the middle of the road. So this is Roberta Sparrow, who's 101 years old, apparently, and is called Grandma Death by the neighborhood kids. So every day she goes... Apparently back and forth to the mailbox, checking for mail. There's no mail. And so Donnie gets out and gets a secret whispered message from Grandma Death. In his ear, yeah. Every living creature on this earth dies alone. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Did you hear that at that moment? Or was it when he told the therapist later on? You told the therapist. Told the therapist and also it's in my script. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't hear. Exactly. She said, yeah. I didn't hear. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear yeah. it. Yeah. So I, there was a really cool like theory with Grandma Death and the mom that I found that I shared. Mm. That was, um, but it was an interesting one with the government people. I, I love anything with the government people. Right. <laughs> I'm a fan of a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So Donnie's in therapy. We get to meet Dr. Thurman, the therapist. Now we're all therapists. Right. What was your overall take on the therapist as a therapist? Good question. <laughs> I mean, I remember at the time, like when I was first watching this, I was really confused about the hypnotism part and why that was a valid thing to do with somebody and I, I remember at some point I went into the stint of like looking up it, whether hip- hypnotism was like a valid thing well, you did that as a podcast topic right right but and things are connected. yeah yeah no and I, it did because I was in high school I like looked it up because I was like that's what counselors do yeah it makes it seem like that's Part of the right, which is the therapy. very psychoanalytic. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to your childhood, hypno- hypnotize mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are separate, but yeah. I don't know. She seemed a little um like disconnected or kind of not. I don't know. She wasn't. She's kind of. I feel like I've met therapists like her though, personality wise. No, how to describe <laughs> it? Yeah, just not very warm and fuzzy. Right, like very just like analytical and mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of like detached. Also, yeah. I mean, Donnie was, as a teenager, talking, um, not yeah. being 100% honest, but was what t- having a dialogue. What teenager is. At least he was getting, she was getting content, not just, I don't know. I mean, she seemed like she knew what she was talking about. She was, like, she paced herself well. She didn't seem like... I like how she's checked in with, how does that make you feel? I hate that sentence. No, I never say that as a therapist, because I find it so annoying. Because, well, it, it's... <laughs> If, I never say that. If you need, to, if you need to ask someone, then you're not paying attention. That's, that's right. my response to that. Yeah. But it helps them to check in with themselves. To well, see but I, I say, you're feeling that. really sad right now. <gasps> I do that too, but sometimes like it's good for them to like think about it. So yeah, well, what I, does I like that feel like? What? Like? what are you gonna like what are your thoughts on that what how's versus just because then they give out the like frustrated angry like those few words that just get slapped on everything yeah it's a it's a it looks like and i just find people are annoyed by being asked that it's like well you're not listening to me i don't want to ask an annoying thing i don't want to annoy them on purpose i'll probably do it on accident enough times (laughs) you know it's a pitfall I can avoid so Donnie says I met a new friend (laughs) sorry and and I was really as a therapist like whoa you just like blunt Dr. Thurman because she goes real or imaginary right off the bat which which when when you work with someone so like I've worked with people who've had schizophrenia diagnoses and there's no point in asking them that question because they're going to feel that it's real or that those delusions are real so i mean that's a point yeah that's a i was question. like whoa i mean as a therapist i, I was you, your gut response would be defensive yeah she's very i was direct. like whoa okay you just went there really imagined unless unless what this is, is trying to relay is like this is a long-standing that's how i thing. when i was re-looking at yeah. it today through modern naomi eyes mm-hmm. i was like maybe uh, Donnie has insight and has labeled some experiences himself as imaginary and she's using his terminology right. in which case it wouldn't be yeah. so shitty because they already yes. have rapport built that's clear so obviously there's therapy we haven't seen yeah. so can't judge well, yeah but I was at first when I heard that I went whoa okay it was a little slappy in my facey 
So Donnie talks about Frank. I think he saved my life. And that he said the world is coming to an end. And then Dr. Thurman asks, do you believe that the world is coming to an end? And Donnie thinks about it and then says, no, that's stupid. Which I don't really know what to think about that response. He always has this little smirk on his face, if you notice, like after certain things happen Mm -hmm. where it's like he's I don't know he's like enjoying it as this game he's kind of being gaming to me and to me I think that's just like the normal teen part of him that's kind of oblivious to everything that's happening and because to me like things start to unravel more than at this point so yeah, it's hard though because he does. He acts coy almost. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't tell if it's teenage coy or. Well, he's revealing a lot of things. Then I'm like, is this him hiding though? Like Back he doesn't want it to admit that. You know what I mean? Like that he believes the world's coming to him. I don't know. Or to me, that to me, like a kid his age, even with all that that happened, he's on medicine. He goes to a therapist. He's told that he's crazy. So on what level does he not believe himself even? Right. So uh, school gets fucked up. Flooded. <laughs> sure does. And then <laughs> is this where the axe is in the, the, the bulldog mon- head, yeah. their mascot? And it says they made me do it. They, they made me do it. And he had a vision or he... Was it another sleepwalking situation where he, or was it a dream where he saw the building with the water? That was weird. When it happened, it was when he saw that first, it's like, what is this? But that was very much like a. Well, in the film, we're kind of not sure if he does it or not. You know, like, it's interesting. Well, what's interesting because in the script, he they show him doing it but they didn't put that in the film yeah and in the 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 theories that i looked up that tie in with the time travelers book it has specific reasons why that happened and how it happened well i i like the the actual film version better where we're like wondering Mm -hmm. what's going on yeah, because again, you're just kind of lost in it in the experience of it Mm -hmm. because then you get all the mixed emotions he did it did he do it? Oh my gosh, it happened. Right. They Good use of they, their pronouns, like, potentially. We don't know. It's almost like he is not even sure. Like, did I do this or not? Right. Like, are we pinning this on someone else? Was it me? Was it the Frank? I don't know. Well, and then I'm like, why didn't he say he made me do it if it's Frank? Right, right. That's what I said. Good yeah, use of but I else. thought about that today. I'm like, who is they? Right. Like, are we... It's going to tie in a bit with, with my thing. Are we trying to be gender inclusive? I don't think so in 1988. So what does that mean? But anyway, I thought that was a big, another big difference from the script I found than the reality. Because in this, Mm -hmm. like they show Donnie doing, doing shit, fucking shit up. (laughs) Um, So school's canceled though. That's a benefit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and um, one of the things that, uh, is said is Donnie tells Gretchen are you going to go over that part yes okay go ahead yeah so Gretchen's getting harassed by Seth Rogen (laughs) and the other uh, douchey guy um and so Donnie comes up and is like school's canceled and Gretchen says want to walk me home because it's like 
kind of like her out of the situation her out of the yeah so they so they go off and uh you know gretchen is reveals that his her mom was stabbed in the chest four times by the dad because you know donnie's revealing like what was the line it was so i thought it was really cute actually Oh, stuff that he did. Um, oh, no. So Gretchen's, Donnie's saying, you just moved here. And then Gretchen's like, yeah, talking about her dad. He has emotional problems. And then Donnie got really excited. <laughs> like he brightened up. He's yeah. like, oh, oh I have those too. too. I thought that was really cute. Again, it's like that small town <laughs> being labeled as the kid who has emotional problems. Mm-hmm. Like you may as well wear it as a badge. Mm-hmm. So then Gretchen says, you know what happened? And, and he's like, like oh, okay. It's a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and then does talk about that he was in jail once and he accidentally burned down a house. So mm-hmm. we're seeing like, okay, more to the pattern. This okay. this has been going on a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I liked this line too. Gretchen says, Donnie Darko is a cool name. Sounds like a superhero. And then Donnie says, what makes you think I'm not? That was like his best pickup line. <laughs> well, I could see like myself just like falling in love over yeah, that like i'm the pause, all fucking the, in the pause and the look at her was so all serious in. all yeah. in well and yeah then, and then he says you know i'm really glad the school flooded and she she's like confused why and he goes because i wouldn't have had this conversation with really you cute too that's foreshadowing that too He's... i wouldn't have had this conversation with you if that didn't happen so we see her falling as I would have been. I would have been all in, you know, at that point. But here's where I think, like, we have to acknowledge Donnie Darko's privilege in this situation. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good looking. He's rich. He, is he has the cool older <laughs> sister home. that's paved the pathway. Going to college. So he probably had that in high school, you know, because the older sibling can make you or break you. And the family's pretty posh. I mean, yeah, they're rich, private school, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of privilege here. If if Donnie Dark had been goofy looking, this would not have taken this direction. You're not going to get the hot new girl automatically interested in you, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of that. I like, that yeah. The fact that she does have these father issues, daddy issues maybe made her more attracted to this guy who had this kind of vibe of this Mm. i don't know following our types yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i can see why she was instantly attracted to this type as well but i mean that he's really cute too so and he and he had that like little sense of humor to break up the moodiness right she's done yeah you can tell smart um and he came to her rescue in that situation yeah, with Seth Rogen and the other guy. So, so now she's going with him. Yeah, that, that was, was the words we had when I was little too. Want to go going with me? Yeah, that was how <laughs> what we said. Do you want to go with me? Oh, I yeah. and then, and then she's like, "Where?" Yeah, <laughs> it was called going around. Want to go around with me? Was that what it was when you were? Going okay, around. so yeah, so now they're a thing. Okay. Okay. Um, and then. Dr. Thurman starts doing the hypnosis thing, and when she claps two times, he he wakes up. 
so she starts asking him, you know, about that never happens in my real life where someone claps and all of a sudden I wake up, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I was asleep this whole time. This is all a dream. So she's trying to get at his innermost thoughts, and he's just talking about how he's horny all the time. Which uh, again, teenage innermost thoughts. Teenage innermost thoughts, yeah. So then he starts undoing his pants, putting his hand down so she immediately claps him out of that (laughs) for ethical boundaries sake yeah (laughs) a good call (laughs) yeah but i think i would have been like this is like i feel like that's like therapist agenda versus where the client's at it was very non-client directed at that moment because he clearly wants to talk about horniness and fucking. Yeah, and but, she's you, trying to... but you still wouldn't let your client put their hand in No, no, hands. no, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't hypnotize my clients either. But if that's where they wanted to talk about and it's so pressing, I would, about it's different. I would have explored that. Just not physically, yes. No, I wouldn't hypnotize my clients and I would not let them put their hands down their pants. But but yes, I agree. I think that because then like when, when the conversation's all about the voices and stuff versus okay why not just talk about the teenage boy part okay. that. yeah so let's jump to health class mm-hmm. so we have miss farmer who is like i love the character <laughs> like she has so much power i was amazed by how much power she held over everybody this farmer this health class teacher yeah the name like and i don't even miss farmer yeah so she <laughs> fangirling all over the place over Jim Cunningham, aka Patrick Swayze, who Which is, is like so awkward. You know, she's carrying his books around what's called attitudinal beliefs. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and so there she's showing like the infomercial video to the class. Book I've seen on every pasting show. A really good relationship. He did. He, very good. he, he did, did a really good job. She beat back her. So they're watching the video and it's called Controlling Fear. You know, she's introducing it to the class. Um, Donna Darko isn't having it, you know. Um, Then we cut away to that Smurf scene that we already talked about. Mm -hmm. So um, then there's a scene in the upstairs bathroom. We see Donnie taking a bunch more pills not really <laughs> sure how many. See, this might be very med related. It's like she takes the pills and then it could the pops up over medicated. He has an interaction with Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, he stabs the mirror. Yeah, yeah. There's like this weird invisible wall between them. Mm-hmm. So then there's the emergency PTA meeting at the school. So it's supposed to be talking about like the flood mm-hmm. and the investigation, but Miss Farmer immediately jumps in, totally hijacks the agenda and says, I want to know why this filth is being taught to our children. Talking about <laughs> that uh, Graham Greene book, The Destructors, that Miss Pomeroy is teaching. Which is basically in essence about destruction being creation like it's that's the whole concept yeah, what right is, what is it that the, creation can't be formed unless there's destruction like that that's part of the essence of it like it's circular in that way yeah, there's actually a line in the book that talks about that it's creation because as they start to destroy things life starts coming in well you think about that if you're going to try to do a new project or get something like even just in your house like if you want to 
do something new and like remodel, you have to like destroy mm-hmm. and break everything down first. Or right. if you're gonna like put new stuff in, you gotta like take all the old and make it a mess and then build up. Well, and even as counselors, how you do like people exactly. like we have stuff and in order gotta to unwind stuff, it, right? Yeah, gotta unpack it. So it's a good concept. The book. So she was on the right track of providing this education to, the to high schoolers. I mean, I you know we animal farm or whatever that book was that yeah. I read. Like I I remember reading like really gruesome books, uh-huh. but it was we read everything. Right. I mean, but some schools don't and um a lot of them aren't around reading lists anymore. Sad. Listen to our topic about banned books. Mm. Yes. Um so a big to do is being had about what Miss Pomeroy is doing for the teachers. Mm-hmm. being called out as pornography that's why i wanted to go read it i'm like pornography <laughs> what? what is this <laughs> and then there was none of that so- no i was like what there's no pornography in the story it's just some kids turned in a house was there anything that she could have like no. misinterpreted no because not it wasn't sexual at all it's little kids it's not easy to read and it's not a i mean i I was trying to like figure out why she'd be so oppositional to it in the first place um i think she's just oppositional i mean yeah and maybe it's because part of the message is you have to tear down what exists in order to build something it was going against her concept of that there's this like linear I think she's threatened by Miss Pomeroy because Miss Pomeroy connects with Young. the kids. Cool. And it's cool. And it's cool lipstick. Yeah. And she has dangerous new ideas. There you go. <laughs> she's threatened because she's, she's really like, she has cleavage slightly. <laughs> yeah. Slightly she's threatened by Drew Burmore. And that's where she got her <laughs> Right. It was from that moment, from a <laughs> slight knee showing. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now we know. Um, and She's saying, you know, then she tries to connect it to the flood, which it's not pornography, but but there is maybe it is a connection. So she's like, I am the PTA, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So cut to the upstairs bathroom in the dark room. Yeah, I think her connection was the fact that that book was talking about destruction, and didn't she bring up something about like? Flooding, there was something where they're wrecking the house or burning the house. Right, down. they literally talk about yeah, yeah. So like there's something. Yeah, she's trying to connect it to the flood. Like you taught this, and that's why mm-hmm. you know messed up the school. Which I do have to say, I mean, at, at a certain level, it means she read the book. I mean, she get like a point two point four. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not pornography. No. How much or I mean there was n- no real internet at the time, so she obviously wasn't looking up cliff notes. She had to read it. <laughs> okay, so Frank starts talking with Donnie about time travel. Mm-hmm. And so that's at the same time as the PTA right. meeting is happening. Because Donnie did not attend the PTA meeting. So then is the part where Mrs. Farmer is doing that activity in the class. Mm -hmm. So on the chalkboard, she has one end fear and the other end love. And then she has these scenarios 
that she has the students read and they have to place an X on the line if they feel like the problem is they were coming from fear or love. And so this is some kind of like curriculum that maybe comes out of Jim Cunningham's like brand, I'm guessing. Which I'm like sure you it's buy the, common. You get the curriculum. The video and it comes with the, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like a workbook. Or the concept. Yeah. <laughs> teach social emotional skills. But this is health class. I'm like, who is monitoring this farmer's <laughs> curriculum? Like, why are the kids not playing dodgeball? I mean, and I, yeah, it, it was definitely her agenda she was pushing, not something that the school was even probably aware of. Yeah, and did you notice, so, the card that Donnie got, how fucking racist that image was? So mm-hmm. it was supposed to be an, right. an Asian kid, and they had it all, like, slant eyes and buck teeth. Right. It was so horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so Donnie gets into it with the teacher. Mm-hmm. And she's just talking, you know. Trying to get, like, just answer the question. <laughs> or you'll fail. And then they, they cut it out, but you can see he's raising his hand right before they do that. So he didn't he didn't do the assignment. Well, and his, his scenario that he got was an interesting, um, because later on, so it's about mm-hmm. the ID. The wallet, yes. The wallet found. And then later on, he finds the ID on the ground. Yeah. And he has that. And there's, yeah, so there's a similar scenario that ends up happening just in the movie about do you give it back or not? So, I mean, he has a good point. We can't simplify everything to just two experiences. Like, there's a lot more variety in the human experience of emotions Mm -hmm. and thoughts and everything, beliefs. But it's, right. But ultimately, it came down to a, a choice, and that's where she was saying you have to make a decision, and that's ultimately what ended up happening. Mm. But he didn't like it being the motivation being fear or love, right? Right, and I think that's where the difference came in. Of like, emotion didn't have anything to do with it; it's a choice. So he gets in trouble. <laughs> and we As get the does. feeling it's not for the first no. time that he's been in the principal's office. He's uncomfortable in there. Yeah. And <laughs> I can totally relate office? to his experience of just being fucking obstinate. I mean, <laughs> I've had that experience at times in school, even up to um, you know, AA level program where my whole motivation was to be as obstinate as possible. Like I was just listening for something that I could come in and counter. I wouldn't test that at all. <laughs> so I, I could relate. I mean, I have got suspended. It has got you many times. <laughs> I've been suspended many times. You're a great life. example of how, like, don't let that, like, you can still, like, itch. Yeah. Don't listen to them when they're like, that right. won't get you anywhere. Yeah. Like, this many right paths. Many paths. Oh my god, that's so weird I just said that because Miss Farmer says when she interacts with the mom, the mom right love, outside the suspension scene. thing. I love the mom's attitude in this Miss Farmer says our paths through life mm. must be righteous. Mm. So when the mom initially came out of there, I didn't like her response as a parent. I was like, I wanted her to be more defensive of Donnie, but she was kind of making excuses. She was like, ever since this jet fiasco, 
I honestly don't know what's gotten into him. Um, I didn't like that. It's very placating. And I I mean, though, it makes sense to me because Miss Farmer is her daughter's whatever coach. So, I mean, it made sense why she acted that way. But I would never have a parent. I mean, when my kid who will remain unnamed uh, gotten, you know, in trouble at various points, I never threw him under the bus. I'd throw much ever. I'd be like, oh, gosh. Ever. Did you, I did you see always had his back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always had his back. <laughs> I mean, the young one's coming up strong. So. <laughs> I mean, I might, behind, you know, when I got home, be like oh. WTF. But, you know, like to other people, like Your that's my kid. Right. So that part bothered me about the mom. Anything else you want to say about that section? You had some um, other stuff about the mom you were going to say. Yeah, what were you going to say about later? the mom? No, oh, okay, later. Later, stuff, yeah. yeah. All right, so Donnie starts meeting up I think with it's intentional why she's trying to be quiet. Noah Wiley, the science teacher. They start talking time travel, Stephen Hawking. He's a cool science teacher. Wormholes. Yeah, I like his And that whole, it made me go flashback to our guests when we talked about oh, time travel. Talk about that. Oh, good. I hope so. Because it totally relates oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We that actually got to interview a real theoretical physicist on our podcast. Have you watched it? We have video. It's really cool. You should watch it. talked about that guy before. We were so nervous and well-behaved. And he yeah. had no idea what he was getting himself into. I no. think he thought we were legitimate. And then... <laughs> like a science podcast? No, no, like he came on so serious and like ready to be interviewed. And then like when we're like joking. like Yeah, by the end, we had him broken down. Yeah, and he was laughing and joking along with us at the end. But like it took a little bit of him like, oh, okay. This is more fun. Than yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think he understood <laughs> fully what was happening. No. <laughs> we should have him back on. But we have it <laughs> recorded for him. For perpetuity so it, it, happened. it uh, happened i still think if we send out a hundred emails eventually one will bite they will no they will because there is just the ego part we of it like, oh. the dude and and he responded <laughs> and, and he, he responded and, he agreed, and, and i'm like wrote wrote this paper that got like uh like all this no, it's and and attention yeah email more experts just random topics let's do it see like who maybe we'll get like paris hilton on i don't know I would interview anybody, to be honest. I think people are interesting. I do So they get it's so it's wormholes, it's time travel. You want to talk to three counselors live. It's uh you have to have a vessel and a portal. Right. right. The vessel has to be anything metal, some kind of craft of some kind. I thought of Skylar. Is this where they were talking about craft? They were using the word craft. They were using the word yes, craft. They were. And then the doctor gives him the book. The book. Yes. And it's like, don't tell anybody I gave you this. Mm-hmm. And it's um the book written by Grandma That's Death. It. Mm-hmm. And it's about time travel. So that's you really cool. I didn't have this moment where I was like, Poor Grandma Death. Like, I wish someone would just write a letter for her and just put it in the mailbox so that she didn't. Could... Didn't uh, he say that? It happened. One of his friends like someone write yeah. someone should write that bitch a letter. <laughs> I know. I think that's so mean. You shouldn't do it out of the kindness of your heart. Like, hi, Grandma Death. <laughs> These are teenagers, though. You have to be like. I, I mean, I was such a mean teenager. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. 
they have these talks about time travel and Don Darko's got the secret book written by a local author. I mean, what a creative town they live in. They have local author Jim Cunningham. <laughs> they have local author Grandma Death. Roberta Sparrow. Yeah. So I have some fragments of those chapters. Do you want me to read yes. them really quick? Okay. So The Philosophy of Time Travel by Roberto Sparrow. The intent of this book is for it to be used as a simple and direct guide in this time of great danger. Mm. I pray that this is merely a work of fiction. If it is not, then I pray for you, the reader of this book. Chapter one, the tangent universe. The fourth dimension of time is a stable construct, though it is not impenetrable. Incidents when the fabric of the fourth dimension becomes corrupted are incredibly rare. If a tangent universe occurs, it will be highly unstable, sustaining itself for no longer than several weeks. Chapter two. Or 24 days, <laughs> So Correct. Water and metal. Water and metal are the key elements of time travel. Water is the barrier mm -hmm. element for the construction Mayo of time ice. portals, used as gateways between universes. Metal is the transitional element of the construction of artifact, capital A, vessels. Chapter four, the artifact and the living. When a tangent universe occurs, those living the nearest to the vortex will find themselves at the epicenter of a dangerous new world. Artifacts provide the first signs that a tangent universe has occurred. If an artifact occurs, the living will retrieve it and great interest with great interest and curiosity. Chapter six, the living receiver. No one knows how or why a receiver will be chosen. The living receiver, often tormented by terrifying dreams, visions, auditory hallucinations during time with tangent universe. Chapter seven. Sounds a little like Donnie Darko. Right. The manipulated living. The manipulated living are often close friends of or neighbors or people in contact with the living receiver. They're prone to irrational, bizarre, and often violent behavior. Mm. Chapter 10, manipulated dead. The manipulated dead are more powerful than the living receiver. If a person dies within a tangent universe, they are able to contact the living receiver through the fourth dimension construct. Chapter 12 is dreams. When the manipulated awaken from their journey into the tangent universe, they are often haunted by the experience in their dreams. Many of them will not remember. Those who do remember are the ones who are often touched by that living receiver. Uh, with profound remorse or regret for actions buried within their dreams. So they actually made a book? Those are, yeah, like the excerpts that are from that. That's so cool. Yeah, right? I love when a film does that. Like, they actually make the things. Right, like, and, and it's not, like, full. That's all there is. Like, those but little books. It, it gives shows, context. Yes, and it right. shows they're really fleshing this sucker out. Mm -hmm. Have you guys seen The Black Mirror? I love Black Of Black course. Mirror. Okay, I just found it. I just it is really good. I just, I just found it. That could be yeah. our next. That is a really we could pick an episode. We could agree on one. I started and then review it for next time. Season six, episode one, because that's the newest one. Oh, you should start, very oh, start, start the back. Go back. Start at the beginning. Have you seen I actually one? haven't seen the most I haven't recent. seen the new one. Yet. John is awful. No, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen the new one. one. You need to watch number one. Yes. So, and then I will too. catch up okay. with the newest. So we'll all watch all of them, the new season, <laughs> and you watch all the old seasons. Okay. And then we'll come back. One, we'll two, agree on one, one episode season. to break down for, for our, next our next review. You know, we should each pick one, actually, because they're short. Okay. Because then we each kind of get to pick one and uh, pick one Sounds that interests good. us. I have some that that's a psychological, I will never forget. Right. That's that, a psychological assessment within itself. Or a part of me forever. Right. Right. 
It's yeah. even hard to choose because I, I, I would automatically three popped into my mind. <laughs> okay, so we have Deal. to talk about those weird like gel things that come out of their yeah, bodies. That's yeah. in this right now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, which it would be like that. That with the vest, the water connection. It's like guiding them but also so at first i'm like is that like destiny but donnie first just sat th- so if you don't follow it it goes back in so there's free will as well as this fate right in that like it's pointing you to so some things that you can choose whether to follow it or not. right so it's like this yeah. concept of determinism versus choice yeah versus free will i like yeah. thought about that for a long time yeah but- um, um, so everybody has one apparently and you know you you do feel those urges like mm-hmm. oh I'm gonna get up and get me a snack or whatever <laughs> it is <laughs> I just got Lay's potato chips that taste like a Cuban sandwich is what it's called and it literally tastes like a I don't know what a Cuban sandwich is but it tastes like one and how do you um, know though if you've never had a cube no sandwich? exactly i just i'm i now you believe i believe so you're in the whole like water yeah. thing with it's like yeah. now like i instantly in that moment thought of boy i want a cuban sandwich lace chip yeah i was real snacky today I'm like cheetos today. Those are great too. Like sometimes I feel the the snacky it's gel like thing pointing, but I I don't listen. Are there different types? Of I don't gel? listen. I mean, probably. Yeah, I think so. Different colors, maybe too. They're different, like mm-hmm. paths. Yeah, I like that idea. I feel like we have this in in my philosophy class in undergrad. One of the questions that came up was, class. "All right, it's so good. Like, if someone is, um, you know." sitting in a chair and they're told to do something like say like they have a gun and they're told to um shoot someone else or else uh their close family member that they love Mm. will die um is that person killing the other person an act of free will choice or is it determinism because their actions have been pinned into a certain direction of if we know how that person is going to act based on that person for all their predetermined aspects, then we could justify that that person would be determined to kill that person. Mm-hmm. But then is anytime someone does that like criminally because yeah. free will and choice brings about option determinism brings about, well, I, I knew that was destined. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. So we have all that. <laughs> all that, all that <laughs> free will versus fate. Plus, I mean, but and that's this movie's full of that and time travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really yeah. big topics. And God is in there. And too. God, like they throw out religion. It's so much, right, right? Like it's enough without that. Like I haven't even mentally tackled the God. And stuff. he calls Mrs. Farmer. I think you're the fucking antichrist is what yeah. he tells Miss Farmer, yeah. which is interesting because no, he tells that to Jim Cunningham. Oh, was it Jim Cunningham? Yeah. Right, during the presentation. Yes, in front of yes. the whole assembly. Oh, I think you're the fucking antichrist. Yeah, it well. Right, right, he right. Like, he kept composed. Not the first time he's been called the antichrist, apparently. Yes. So it was interesting because those concepts come up that tug of war. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Well, as above, so below. Something that he said about like if you were satan or something like that on another point too 
Yeah, you just kept on bringing up that concept, though. Maybe. I don't remember. You're going to have to watch it 30 times and then know, report there's back. So many there's so much. Pieces. But again, the concept of creation, destruction, there is like biblical undertones, which I think the cult following would have a hard time swallowing that pill. Mm-hmm. Well, just like the one he did. Oh my God. <laughs> Full circle, Sarah. Oh, that's going to be your nickname. Full circle, Sarah. <laughs> so, Donnie Spear. <laughs> I don't know. Donnie's gelatinous spear oh. Oh. Uh, leads him to find the gun in the, the parents' closet. So now we're at October 18th. But she told the therapist he found nothing. Yeah, that's why I'm like, he's talking a lot, but he's withholding. Yeah, yeah about the gun. Yeah, that's because that was scary. And possibly that he thinks the end of the world is stupid. Um. So then we see Gretchen and Donnie. I love this scene. Going for a little walk, and they're, you know, Donnie's like, we, well, we've been going out now a couple weeks. Going around. And uh, she's like, you want to kiss me? And then Donnie starts to go in, but Gretchen, like, denies. And I love how they film this, because it seems like they're just alone in the woods or whatever. (laughs) And it's so romantic. And then Donnie's like, okay, yeah, you just want it you want it when it reminds of how beautiful the world can be and so we and then Gretchen says yeah and right now there's some fat guy over there watching us <laughs> and then they show the other side and they're like totally in the middle of all these people and they're this guy just watching it was them. the government guy he was peeking out through the bushes it was just so interesting because you think they're all alone and you have this totally different perception mm-hmm. of the thing and then to see the other point of view, like it yeah. completely makes you flip mm-hmm. on what you think. Yeah, because at first you're kind of judgy towards her for not. Yeah, you're like, come on, just give yeah. me a kiss. Like, come on, Gretchen. Gretchen. Come on. <laughs> come on. I mean, I would have been, you know, pregnant and married by now. But then, yeah, and then they pan over and then you have instant <laughs> empathy for her and you're like, oh yeah, no, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. PA and she's on it. Yeah, she wants it to be PA. special. Choice. Get it. <laughs> So I thought that was brilliant by whoever made this movie. Yeah. Okay, so then we have the wallet scene. Donnie like finds the wallet. Williams, like input. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think he was involved in the production part at this point in his that life. Point. No, he was just like bully. one of his first roles. Yeah, it was like one of the early ones. It's up. interesting that they gave him his own name. Yeah. They were like, this They're is like, Seth works. Just be Seth. That happens in. A lot of movies actually. Interesting. People get to be their own name. Maybe because it's like you get more authentic responses. Maybe. I don't know. So Donnie finds Jim Cunningham's <laughs> wallet on the ground and now knows where he lives. It's weird is... that he looks older in this to me than he does now. Seth? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He has that like weird chin fuzz. So Jim Cunningham lives in a giant mansion. It was his first film role. Interesting. Yes, yes. Wow. What a cool first film role, yeah, though, to be in a cold film. Totally. Um, oh, yeah. And he said his first ever line in a featured film was, I like your boobs. Oh, my God. To Gretchen. To Gretchen. I like your that? boobs. That's so interesting. And now he likes makes films. He said it was a great experience, even though he said he didn't fully understand what it was actually about. <laughs> he said it was, I didn't get it back then, and I still don't, but I had a good time. We kind of tormented Jake Gyllenhaal and Jenna Malone's characters throughout. 
hilarious. And then at the end, I threw Jenna Malone out in the road where she gets hit by a car. Oh my God. It's kind of not that big of a role. <laughs> Oh my god, did you even know about that part? No, I didn't get to that. Oh shit! Macy! Well, Well, now you know. Now you know. Well, I think it's important to know that it was him. That's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so Dr. Thurman and Jake are continuing to meet. By the way, if you haven't watched this movie, I mean, Jake and Donnie. Oh, yeah, stop. Watch the movie. Spoiler. I already spoiled. Okay. Thanks. So, uh, <laughs> and I called him Jake. Donnie Darko. So, <laughs> Donnie Darko. Seth. Well, Seth, we can use We can call Seth. Seth, 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 yes. So, Donnie and his therapist, they continue to meet. Um, and then Donnie's also continuing interactions with Frank, the bunny. Mom does reach, or the, sorry, the therapist does reach out to mom, though, which I thought was like a good Yeah, they meet. There. Yeah. And and doctor says I want to do more hypno and more meds. How about safety plan and remove the gun from your house? But <laughs> she didn't she didn't know I know it. I know she didn't know about the gun, but still. Wait, but you have to ask. At this point, yeah, it's and, part of safety plan. And yeah, at this point, things are escalating yeah. regardless. And if there's psychosis, like you would be, yeah, checking. Oh, yes, definitely. Especially if there's like a small town and like Mom things are being destroyed. It definitely should have been on mm-hmm. the table. So this is when there's... Did you do it? Yeah. (laughs) Because you're my client. Mm -hmm. You're the one. Yeah. And I don't want my name called out when there's some investigation (laughs) later. For fucking it. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of decisions we have to make as therapists is based on CYA. I hate Mm -hmm. that, but that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. We can't help people if we can't... If we're in prison. licenses. Yeah. Yeah. So... Now we're at that big assembly. Jim Cunningham's coming in there and presenting mm-hmm. to the whole thing. Students are able to line up and ask questions. There's kids asking, like, uh, it was funny, like, what do you do if you think your sister's eating too much? Yeah, I thought that was really funny. So Donnie comes up and is like pissed. He hates Jim Cunningham. How much are they paying you? Why do you hate him so much. He well, he's been so subjected crazy. to the PE classes with the curriculum. He thinks it's bullshit. Right. Well, yeah, and it's it's just uh, like telling them how to feel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you telling us this crap because you want us to buy your book? Like, he's seen his house. He knows he lives in a mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though he also is wealthy, <laughs> just to be fair. Here. Yeah, but maybe not quite as wealthy. <laughs> and this is where Donnie calls him the Antichrist, you know. The students are actually cheering for him. Um, so we can see here, like, Donnie has popularity. And in, in, his, in his own way. Yeah, yeah. And, and he kind of is taking on that superhero role that he talks about at the beginning of yeah. like, standing up for the people. Right. Like, he's smart, he's good looking, he's rich. He's willing to call out the evil villain in the room. Yeah, he's, you know, kind of a little bit of an asshole, which... That's the cool kids are, so you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. the way it is. Because you're seen as a rebel. People admire people that say the things that you are just thinking, but they say them out loud. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then uh, we see Donnie in his room. He's writing to Grandma Death, Roberta Sparrow, a letter, which is so cool. I think this is where I cut off. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and I'm like, I'm yes, so give her a fucking letter. I was like, so invested at this point and I'm like, dang 
Yes. <laughs> so then uh, Donnie and Gretchen go for a date at the movie theater. They get tickets to the Halloween Frightmare double special, The Evil Dead Evil and The Last Dead. Temptation of Christ. Which isn't it interesting, again, that movie choice with... Well, the juxtaposition. Right. And listening to the even the Roberto Sparrow book where it talks about manipulated dead and like it's all like, so well thought tied, out. Tied together. Writers who did good. So Gretchen immediately falls asleep. That's what I do too when a movie starts. I'm immediately out. So really? I can totally relate. I'm so invested. And when people fall asleep during movies, I'm super irritated. And I'm poking them the whole time. And I'm like, and yeah, I'm like or I'll start eating popcorn with her popcorn in their face. Or <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, they will oh. wake up. I'll wake up right at the end and pretend I watched the whole thing. I like, that like, was so no, great. I feel so upset by that personally. I'm just like, you paid to see this movie. You, this is an experience together. You need to be aware. I think that's what it's about. It's like they're checking out on your experience. Yeah, like it's an experience. Well, I usually do that at my house to be. Oh, I'll clear. sleep at my house, but like going to see him at me. I only did that once. It was on a first date and it was Memoirs of a Geisha. So I think I'm forgiven because that movie was hella boring. Uh, I mean, who does that on a first date? It was terrible. You brought someone up who's racist. Yeah. I think it was upsetting. Yeah, I yeah, the whole thing. There's so many factors. We'll go into it during a Patreon. Okay. Um, so Frank shows up in the movie theater and I loved when, <laughs> when Donnie's like, why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? Why are you wearing that stupid human? Yeah, I love that dialogue. I was like, that is really good dialogue. Right. So Frank's like, burn it to the ground. And so Donnie pulls up the hoodie. And I'm like, okay, shit's going down. The mm-hmm. hoodie's up. I know, this was the part. Too. Actually, I did see this part. And then I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is where it's getting good. So he goes, burns it to the ground. Gretchen's asleep the whole time. Mm-hmm. Wait, so he leaves her at the yeah, movie Yeah, she's sitting yeah she's sleeping. I did think when he got back and she woke up, like, she would smell gasoline on him. But she didn't. I mean, maybe she did, and just, you know. She's, yeah. like, totally in. I mean, she's, yeah, she's kind of oblivious during all of this, honestly. <laughs> she doesn't ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? <laughs> just even that, she would. How was the movie? What was it about? And then he'd be like, I don't know, because I went and burned this guy's house. Right. Frank told me to go. I had to go. Yeah. Um, so why I don't know like maybe there's questions that could at least inform her of more like oh where did you go that night oh okay they did I think have like a trauma bond yeah I don't think they like talked I think they banged eventually and that's what bonded them I don't think they did I mean, if they just kissed after two and a half weeks. Wait, we didn't talk at the about Halloween how... night. They bond. They bonded sexually after he got. Was it after something weird happened? Like he got kicked out of class or something, and then she kissed him. And oh, we'll get to that, that. That hadn't happened yet. Wasn't that oh, I skipped that. Yeah. So they came. They like, had like a. She's like. They had a group project, and they mm-hmm. developed the infant memory generator. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then the bullies, Seth and the other guy, right. were harassing her. Distracted by Seth, I think that's. And they brought up like 
like the stabbing yes and so she was upset and yes uh donnie ran out and was like sorry about that and she turned and kissed him so that was their first kiss and she was waiting for a something beautiful to happen for the right moment to kiss him but maybe that was beautiful like him coming and like being there for her in that moment yeah yeah i wanted to discuss that i'm like what was the beauty in that moment yeah i think Exactly. So maybe rescuing is her love language. And maybe, yeah, that like not so going contrary to what uh, I mean, she Grandma Jeff says is that we all die alone. Maybe it's that fear of that. So it's like I, someone's with me mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. Because, yeah, Trump. I mean, thinking from a PTSD standpoint, maybe nobody came you know, to help mom when she was stabbed four times in the chest. Mm-hmm. And she was been relocated from all these different places. And, you know, in her mind, she's probably thinking I'm going to be relocated again. And like, here's this guy, like, who just desperately likes me. And I want, like, I appreciate she that. she picked him, though. Right. But on some level, she knows she's leaving again. What does Gretchen mean? She chose that name. Will you look it up, Sarah? Because everything has a meaning in this film. I'm feeling like that probably has a meaning. Gretchen. Yeah, Gretchen. I was going to say, I haven't looked that up. It's Gretchen German. Interesting. What does Gretchen mean? So, while this is all happening, we have our talent show night, and it we opens with Charita Chen performing, which I liked her performance. You know, she's doing kind of an avant-garde thing, but if people hate her, people aren't going to like it. You know, because Teenagers are judgy and assholes. It says, Gretchen is a girl's given name of German origin. This elegant first name means pearl. Like Um, purity. Purity. There you go. But also hidden. Hidden. Like um, you have to be made by sand. Right. You have to go through a rough to get to the beauty. To the beauty. Hard to find. Mm -hmm. Pure. um, In that way, because it's made from raw materials. I mean, it's not like it's no cellar door. Let's be honest, right? Because what's the nickname, Gretch? Maybe it's, Gree. It's not very hey, Gree. It's Gretchy. not as Gray. 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 So that sparkle motion uh, is introduced with much enthusiasm by Jim Cunningham. So this is their little dance thingy. And I thought it was really hypocritical that Ms. Farmer is all about, like, no pornography. But their act is sexual. Like, they're shaking their hips and they're doing the little chest out bumps and the booty bumps. It was so hypocritical. So Absolutely. Yeah. Because like, it's sexualized little young girls. Because she didn't mean yeah. sexual. She meant warping the minds of children. Um. So, apparently... Gretchen is actually a diminutive, so has come out of the name Margaret. Gretchen, Margaret. So Margaret was less, even less. Interesting. I don't want to say less. Um, it is another name that's hard to make sound great. Mar- Margaret, Marjorie, Marge, Marge, Marge. That's like the Simpsons. Oh, right? Marge, yeah. Yeah, Marge. I'm going to offend someone's. Greta, Greta, Greta. Oh, Greta's Greta. There we go. Grace and Gretel, Greta. Oh, Hansel and Gretel. Ren is sometimes used. Ren's cute. Ren is cute. I like that. 
So the news is on talking about the firefighter and learned that Jim Cunningham had a kitty porn dungeon. Dun, dun, dun. This is the part I haven't seen yet. Yeah, so like he, that's part of what, that's part of what the fire uncovers is this Mm -hmm. porn dungeon. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. So there's this, you know, big evil thing right there the whole time. He knew Mm -hmm. he was the Antichrist. And then you look back at his excitement for introducing sparkle motion and it's gross. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really super gross. Super gross. I can see that part well, he's like, he was and very now, he was like, like basically, and, the moment we've and, all been waiting for after poor Trina Chen just performed her right. heart out. And how dismissive he is of Miss Farmer's like advances towards him. He's very, like, not my thing, yeah, but thanks. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's icky, a lot of icky. Icky. So, Miss Pomeroy gets fired. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Wait, why? Because of her, like, edgy teaching techniques. Sorry. Oh, Palmer. You said Farmer. Sorry. Pomeroy. Pomeroy. Okay, I was like, why? Drew Barrymore gets fired. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, because Miss Farmer carries a lot of weight in this school, and everybody is in fear of her. That's one end of Jim Cunningham's spectrum. (laughs) So she gets fired. They said she can have a week to work which i'm like okay if it's so bad you're getting fired why does she have to stay a week like i would not want that week i want to be gone no i take my one box i'd be <laughs> it's like my poor dad he used my costco card and they stopped him and said this is not your face and i was not there <laughs> and they said they basically treated him like a criminal in the aisle away from the spot and like made a big scene and then told him he could continue to buy this $200 worth of groceries this this one time, but they were t- confiscating the card. And my dad's like, you're not going to treat me like a thief, but then tell me it's okay to buy your product. Yeah, fuck Clean that. Clean it up yourself. Exactly. Like, no. Well, exactly. Right. I know. <laughs> so Miss Pomeroy. I will get my card back. Are you done with Costco now? No, I just need my card back. Are you still gonna go? I mean, probably. Yeah, I have to go with him now. Oh my god, let's be escorted. Because you're not supposed to, you have to have the card carrier with you. You're not supposed to use someone else's card. Because he doesn't I, I pay for an account. I hope you can get him in some card on your account. He would have to live with me, and they literally check no. postal service. Yes, one hundred percent. I have my own card that my stepdad gives me every year for my birthday. I don't fucking live with them. So they it's my birthday as of last year. They check with the postal service. No, no, no. Addresses. You have to have a business account, and then you can add whoever you want. And okay. it's not a business account. It's get a business account, and then your dad will be free. They keep trying to up it like, to not be accosted at Costco. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot more work. Accosted and Costco have the same root word. <laughs> they do, and that makes sense. Let's insane. examine that. Right. <laughs> so Miss Pomeroy says, fuck! Because she got fired, and then she turns around, there's Charita Chen staring at her. <laughs> well, at that point, too, it's like, I feel like if you work at a high school, you're going to just, like, feel that way every single day of your life, and you can't yell that. So at that point, it's when I would yell that. I was 100% about, actually, when they did that little, um, the 
monologue or what is it the montage, montage. musical montage he thought of me during a musical montage yes uh-huh. when they were like sniffing coke out of their locker oh right because i'm like looking in the high school it's like you just see the that's just so normal like kids are just doing drugs in high school yeah. why do you think i'm having sex you when you work at the high school you know, oh we college. both worked at the high school are you yeah. saying that we both snorted coke in the locker no, room because that never happened that never happened it never happened it no. never happened. I bet you had to put up with this. Nonsense. Sarah, it never happened. There was that one time never happened. That the five I'll times never happened. <laughs> okay. Coke's not my drug. I just have to say. It, I tried it once when I was 15. I did not like it. And I never did it again. I don't we didn't get even get a locker. We didn't have lockers. What lockers would we do this out of, theoretically? I heard that they stored drugs in the bathrooms, like up in the I did my best to never go into a, the bathrooms that the That's children's nice. used. And yeah. condoms. Mm-hmm. Up there too. That's really gross. That's a lot of stuff. Hey, better be safe done. than not safe. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying there's better places to do your cocaine in the high school. Mm-hmm. Adults will find it. So. so we hear over the intercom that Sparkle Motion's going to Ed McMahon's star search. What? Yeah, that was the thing. So here's a major difference between the theatrical and director's version. So this scene was not in the theatrical version, but I re- it's an important plot point that if you don't know about this, you don't understand why Gretchen is not at the Halloween party. Right. Because in the director's cut, so the, this is stuff that was like different. Mm-hmm. So there's this scene that's cut so miss palmer is like trying to play it safe because it's her last week so she has the kids watch watership down which is about rabbits rabbits and i would have just been letting them watch well donnie and gretchen get into this big disagreement about whether or not we should care about the rabbits and donnie's like no we shouldn't care about the rabbits they're just fucking whatever mm-hmm. and they die and Gretchen gets very upset so mm-hmm. that's why Gretchen right. isn't at the Halloween party because she's mad at him she's mad right so, I don't think Donnie would be pro rabbit there's a really it's not like, though so GDQ yeah. which is games done quick um speed gaming thing but at that they do like fundraising and they one of the fundraising they they do is they have people vote for you know, do you want all the animal, cute animals like the rabbits to die <laughs> in this, or do we save them? Mm-hmm. And it is really interesting, like huge vast of people will all of a sudden vote this way or against, but it there it's there's opinions. I've been playing Skyrim. Oh and I'm kind of that's one I've I've played like at least probably at least four so characters through. That's like got me into it and I did it to kind of like mm-hmm. bond with it. Oh no, it's great. I'm so glad to do. So he's with me and he's kind of like talking me through it and he falls asleep and then I'm in there like killing dragons and I was totally in it. So, I am so proud of you in my heart. Yeah. And then I told when like the next day I'm like, I like made so much progress. That's gonna really help you connect with your kid. Right. That's really good. Yeah. It helped you connect with me just now. I feel so yeah, I really enjoy it now. So okay, back to we'll rabbits time. Dang girl shoot. All right, <laughs> go on. Another reason this is an important thing <laughs> is because this is where Mrs. Pomeroy introduces the concept of Deus Ex Machina. 
which is like a magical thing because Donnie says that later. But if you haven't didn't watch the scene in the director's cut, you don't realize that he learned that in English class from Miss Pomeroy. So I think they should have kept that scene in the theatrical version. So now we're at October 25th, 1988. Shit, we're getting close. What's the date? What's the D-Day? Well, it was 24 days. So I think we're like a couple days from it, maybe. Yeah, Tuesday. And uh, so the mom gets roped into going to L.A. with Sparkle Motion. The dad's out of town. So it's kind of getting set up where Donnie's not going to have parentals Mm -hmm. um, as we're getting closer to the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked this. So mom gets vindicated during this conversation for what I thought was not the best mom approach earlier. Because Donnie says, as she's like giving him all the instructions, uh, which is nothing like the instructions when I flew to California, where (laughs) I was preparing to die. Mm -hmm. So this is a little lighter. Um, It's basically like there's food in the fridge. So Donnie says, how does it feel to have a wacko for a son? And the mom hugs him and says, it feels wonderful. I'm like, that is the perfect response. That makes me yes, happy. mom. Yes, you did it. You're I like her it. A lot. Yeah. I love that response. And I, I again, small towns, rural, rural people like Miss Farmer. I say rural because she has a pitchfork, obviously, because of her name. Yeah. I guess. Oh. I mean, <laughs> a trident. Yeah. Perhaps. When someone's that powerful, it's really like if you were to do that, like, I don't know. I just I feel empathy for the the bit of social grossness. So this is where Miss Pomeroy also tells Donnie about how the phrase the cellar door has been determined by linguists to be the most pleasing phrase, even though the meaning is not anything you would think like, oh that's beautiful, but those words cellar door. So everything's starting to come together. Now we're at October 29th, 1988. We're all coming together. Um, and so Donnie's like, Mama Dad won't be back until Sunday night. We should have a party. We will totally get away with it. Then the sister's like, okay, but it has to be a small one. Of course, the next scene, it's a blowout. Mm-hmm like 16 candles type rager <laughs> and elizabeth's like have you seen frank and uh a friend said no i think they said they were going on a beer run which is very oh, interesting yeah. so at the movie scene where his eye was like messed up mm-hmm. we're getting to that questionable i'm like you'll see you'll see that you'll we're see getting that. to that um and just before we get too okay. far um so Apparently, the that's actually true about the English language, about how cellar door has been deemed one of the most beautiful phrases. Um, but apparently, it came up as being a most beautiful phrase by G.R.R. Tolkien. He made the claim in a 1955 lecture, English and Welsh versions. Uh, Go, um, Frodo. Hold on, I'm confused. Why is cellar um, door? Bungalow, elbow are some of the other words. It's supposed to be Elbow. a pleasing Elbow. phrase linguistically. Elbow, bungalow, cellar door. Virtuous Gretchen. Long vowels, liquid sounds, such as Ellen. If you're an Gretchen, I am sorry. 
So uh, part of your word has the word wretch in it. So it says that like these go back to like ancient Greeks, like having the long vowels and liquid sounds. Wretch is one of those words that sounds like Wretch. what it is. I feel like when there's a lot of L, like a la la la, like L. So they say the which which that noise. They quench your thirst. Okay, so all the other things I can't even explain well enough to do. So, anyways, there's pretty words. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, which could be very judgy, also. So, on our family communication whiteboard, we see Frank was here, went to get beer. Right. Which made part of what made me think early on, like who wrote on the family whiteboard. Where's Donnie? Made me think. Was that Donnie was this? Well, this lettering was the same lettering that was on his arm with right. the, the time thing. Uh, it was kind of fancy right. wiggly. So I think it's all kind of coming together now. We're like, what? Frank's like a real person? Mm-hmm. Because they're very strategic about well, not naming Frank before the real person. The at all. I was like, this is a real person. A real Something person. Yeah. yeah. So Donnie um, goes to his friends like time, well, Gretchen first shows up and if you hadn't seen the Watership Down scene, you'd be like, well, why wasn't Gretchen at the party? But that's why, because okay. she was mad. Mm-hmm. So she comes there, she can't find her mom, she's distressed. Donnie gets Gretchen and the two friends, they ride out on the bikes, E.T. style, <laughs> because time is running out and we have to talk to Grandma Death. Mm-hmm. So they get to Grandma Death's house. You know, it's 1.15 a.m. Um, time crunch. They're like, oh, she's not there. Just forget it. But Donnie then looks and says, cellar door. Which sounds so pleasing. It's all coming together. Mm-hmm. So Donnie and Gretchen go down there. But who's down there? Fucking Seth. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen in the cellar. In the cellar door. In a pantyhose hat. Which is much as safe like this. (laughs) Pantyhose hat and the other guy. I don't you know, it's Seth and friend. He deserves a nod. They're that guy. They got big big knives this time. Oh, they upped their knife. They upped their knife. We oh. didn't mention that, but earlier Seth got Donnie in the school bathroom with so wait, a smaller well, knife. They're trying to find Grandma Death in the cellar. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. So he's trying to find Grandma Death, but then yeah. it clicks in his mind cellar door and he sees a cellar door at the spot. So they go in there. So they go in. Right. So Seth and his friend, they get Gretchen and Donnie. They have knives. They're like a big fight. There's wrestling. Um, because Gretchen didn't want them. And then... Right, well, in this point, they're just angry because they've been embarrassed. So it's that level. Mm-hmm. It's not as many... Well, they're down there robbing. Mm-hmm. They're robbing Grandma Death. Right. So Gretchen gets thrown down hard on the road. She's <laughs> hurt. And... By Seth. By Ricky. Seth had Donnie. Ricky, I guess, is the other friend's name. Um, I don't know if we ever heard that. No. So Ricky <laughs> throws Gretchen down. Ricky's like, motherfuckers. And Seth's like, I have a bigger knife now. <laughs> and, you know. Sure you do, bud. 
Donnie's friends just back away. This is like not what they signed up for. Right. <laughs> so Seth is really on Donnie, like he can't get out of it, he can't breathe. And then what Donnie's friend says, Hey, there's someone coming. Look, there's a car coming. And Seth looks, and so here comes a car coming. Mm-hmm. And Donnie says, Deus ex machina. Which, if you didn't see the rabbit thing, you wouldn't know what that means. Mm-hmm. My battery's about to die. Why is it not plugged in? I thought it was. Just save it in it. Oh, thank you. There we go. Here okay, we go. Sure, you saved the day. So the day is machina. This is like something coming in to save the day, basically. So Donnie says that. And Seth's like, what'd you say? And Donnie says, our savior, which mm-hmm. is very interesting mm-hmm. because of what happens next. Right. So Seth's douchey friend, Ricky, says, they called the fucking cops. Gretchen's like on the road. She's like kind of in and out of it. And then Seth says, that's no cop. And then Gretchen's like, Donnie. And she's looking. And you know, here comes Grandma Death. She's She's got the letter. It's Donnie's letter. Oh, my God. And then the car swerves to avoid Grandma Death and runs over Gretchen, which was very brutally filmed. I yeah, mean, no, even now today, over the whole I'm thing. like, that was fucking yeah. brutal. Yeah, no, like it was nauseating. Normally, they, like, cut away. Yeah. They, there's no cut away. You oh. watch all the way over the body. Oh, so yeah. they roll right over Gretchen. Yeah. I mean, it, it was brutally filmed. So she's dead. Yeah. Uh, the passenger door to the car opens up. There's someone in a clown costume. The driver's like, side opens up. Because it's Halloween. so It's, it's someone in a rabbit suit. A it's Halloween costume car. rabbit suit. And he's it's holding in his hand the Frank helmet. That like creepy rabbit mask. It goes. So Frank's like, "What are you stupid fucks doing in the middle of the road?" It's like just another kid. He can see that he he killed her, and he's like angry. Donnie. No, no, like Frank. Frank, the one who hit her, the one in the rabbit suit. Okay. Ran her over. Okay, okay. Because he's just a kid. He- yeah. Like, what are you doing? You what is she doing in the street? Revenge on him. So yeah. Donnie's like waiting for you, and then Donnie has the gun and shoots him in the eye. So Frank's left eye implodes. He falls oh, down. Frank. Clown guy. Yeah, I mean this is literally to running the fuck in the out street, of here. and he hits her and then yeah. gets shot in the eye. Yeah. Yeah. So he just went to get beer, man. Donnie carries Gretchen home and the time portal begins to form above the house. You see these clouds darken. There's like a funnel cloud almost like connecting to the house. So Donnie goes, you know, to the ridge where we started the whole thing. He's like smoking. He's like looking out there. So you can kind of see he can see the whole thing. And then we cut to the mom in the plane with Sam. The plane starts shaking around. Wait, who's Sam? The, the daughter. Kid, sparkle motion. They're coming back from the... There's a plane, uh, plane crash. 
Well, is there? No. Is there? So. Well, obviously. Well, okay. The plane shakes. Plane shakes. The plane shakes. So they're coming track from LA, from Ed McMahon's Star Search. Um, so then we just start to see all kinds of shots, like still shots, like this, this, this. Here's the mongrel. Here's the school building. Here's the house. And then we see Donnie's empty bed. And then we see the title card, October 2nd. So it's back mm-hmm. to the beginning. Time went back. It went okay. back. Mm-hmm. And then there's so, this cool montage of the doctor wakes up, like something startles. Jim Cunningham wakes up crying. No, yeah, and then he's crying. Kitty Pomeroy and the science the, teacher the, are sleeping together. Right. So the oh. pornography dude is crying. He wakes crying. up crying. Because again, so wormhole opens from the sky time goes back so all these people are affected but they don't know why yeah yeah and so we see the night sky the jet engines falls through the house uh donnie wakes up he's laughing hysterically he he lays in the bed and he's laughing and then the engine crashes through the ceiling so why do you think he was laughing like that? I think it I, to me it was like the he knew like what he had to do, which was die. And like when you make that choice, it's so nonsensical, but it had to be done. I feel like it was love. Because if he dies, then Gretchen lives. lives. Everybody yeah. lives, but also the pornographer gets free, right? Like, because he never discovers the porn in the house. Uh-huh. Like, all of that goes untouched. Uh-huh. So, and even um, uh, the rabbit, sorry, my brain. Um, Frank. Frank, thank yeah. you. Frank lives. Gretchen lives. Right. So, Frank, Frank going, talking to him through time. Because he goes, because that was him speaking back in time, mm-hmm. is ultimately saving his own life, mm-hmm. saving Gretchen's life. So at it's the, the end of the world for Frank, basically. Is if it would have been the end of the world for everybody, I mean, it saved because this it was the whole wormhole thing well, was that it, it would destroy the whole world. Job. Well. So in the first sequence, we see. So let's talk two universes. Two universes. Because Frank wakes him up and gets his ass out of the bed. The engine falls through. He survives. Yes. In the second timeline, Donnie is in bed and he dies. Is it because he killed Frank and Frank couldn't wake him up? I mean, there's so many questions. So so one of the things that I was thinking in the first scenario, why did he get up then in the first place? Like, why would this even happen? Um, But like, that doesn't like logically follow. So to me, it's Donnie medication wise, his own mental health got up in the middle of the night, ended up in the whatever. And then Frank is involved trying to pull him back from that because his veering off of what was supposed to happen because of maybe it was hallucinations, maybe it was whatever from his own medications. 
pulled off the course of what was supposed to be and created this wormhole scenario where there's another parallel universe happening. This actually, I was like um, on the same page with you on the butterfly effect because it mm-hmm. very much coincides with, have you guys seen butterfly yes, effect? I haven't, but we it's interviewed a theoretical physicist <laughs> on time travel uh-huh, and right. his whole discovery, which is revolutionary, yeah. said that those paradoxes that are common in movies mm-hmm. where you go back and you change something that that doesn't happen that mm-hmm. we have free will and we can do whatever which is so in line with this but things are just going to happen the way they're going to happen right anyway like well, yes said, anyway and, yeah way to get so there's still which is like exactly we can't kill our grandfather saying. and not live those parrot those the famous grand grandfather right. paradox that right. doesn't ex- According to oh, Fabio, right. our our bud, um, and it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, he said it was basically like walking. I remember giving the example of like it's like walking through the past through different doors. Um, so like yes, you can choose like it it can go back, but that doesn't you can't go and change something and have have that like ripple effect not impact the current consequences of things already. If it's already happened, it's happened. So there's like a like things are going to still happen like if you went back you change one thing then it has to change like well if i went back well this is what fabio says and and so he was able to actually test this um he tested it in actual scientific experiments mathematically so if i go back to try to change the past and prevent john lennon from being murdered or whatever it'll still get murdered in another way yeah right like it might not be exactly the Ask Fabio. Well, and that's where math becomes involved. And we, it's math. we, yeah. Yeah, we bow out. We did. We're like, that's wow. a really long equation. But it did. Like, I, <laughs> I pulled off his whole article that had all these awards and esteems attached to it. And it was a new thing when we had. Uh, it's considered like the like view this, on time travel. Yeah, this is like Einstein era stuff currently. Does that take free will out of the no, no, it absolutely adds free will in. Just like could be, so it's outcomes like- will still happen. So the whole thing was like this, and that, and this is where you don't get an answer. Like it doesn't say, does was this going to happen anyways? Did he, if he chose not to do any of these things, would this have happened in some other way? Because that's the way that it needed to happen. Right. Um, like, were we just watching it play out and it seemed like there was a lot of choice involved? So I think Fabio would say if he was meant to die, he would die anyway, even if he went back to try to change that. Right. So if he was, like, scared and, like, I'm not going to go back in the bed, like, I know that I'm going to die, so I'm going to stand outside the house, something, even if not then, right, like, it just doesn't have to be time and place, but somehow that outcome would happen because time itself course corrects. So Donnie would have ended up dying, but then what about Frank? That was the alternate. So that was not the primary timeline. The primary timeline is going on. And then that happened because Donnie got out of the bed. Right. And created a world. Donnie wasn't supposed to get out of the bed. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to die originally. So all that stuff that happened in the movie wouldn't have happened. So when, all that stuff. when Donnie talked to Gretchen and said, I'm so happy that we're having this conversation. Um, because, or I'm so happy the school flooded. So we could have this conversation. 
that's like a little edge nudge to your I was no 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 to that he would have been dead like all of this would not have happened he would never have met Gretchen in that way ever mm-hmm. if it weren't for that you gotta watch it 30 times Sarah there's so there's so much <laughs> to watch to it, it 30, 30 times and you <laughs> and we still may be like Maybe right. it means nothing. <laughs> so so <laughs> the mom, the mom scenario. Do you want to hear yes. what? Okay, so and yeah. I, this was something I found. I didn't come up with this on my own. So um, one thing that I found said so, um, Roberta Sparrow, uh, she used to be a teacher at the schools what they had talked about, and the mom used to go there. So one of the theories is that the mom is actually like a student, a student and one of the like disciples of oh. that philosophy of time travel. And mm-hmm. that the reason why she's so out of it isn't because she's a hundred years old, all these FBI agents and stuff around, like she has been lobotomized in some way. Mm-hmm. So she can't share information. And so that's why she's very scattered and keeps checking the mailbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mom knows more but is very trying to keep hush-hush and under the surface about things, understands that her son may be experiencing something related to that. That's why she's trying to keep tabs on him and keep like, but like under, but understanding. And, and like going off on him when he's right. acting like a total jerk. Right. Cause the mom has like a fairly significant role compared to like the dad, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. So to me, like that with the government people in there, I couldn't quite place that other than they probably know about, wormholes things happening and mm-hmm. hushing people about that and mm-hmm. maybe this isn't mom's first interaction with that. Government. right so <laughs> i i read that that like yeah. theory in there and I'm, i i don't know i could get behind that yeah see that it's a good movie i really enjoyed it if you haven't seen it like what where why have you been listening to i mean obviously (laughs) (laughs) um you need to watch it and uh or you would highly benefit from watching it if you want a little time fact yeah and if you didn't listen to our last episode we talked Mm -hmm. about the whistleblower (laughs) i wrote the whistler (laughs) the whistleblower about the recent i cannot i cannot my father can do the through grass. He tried to teach me how to do that either. I can barely do a regular whistle. We talked about the um, maybe crash of a craft in the Las Vegas family's yard a couple months ago. And then the recent government employee who's come forward to talk about all the mm-hmm. secret UFO retrieval projects our government has. Uh, if you want to support our podcast... We be, do this for free. Be our Patreon. Yes. Uh, it's only a dollar, and you get the video of our podcast, plus um, lots of extra stuff. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Sarah. To Turbo Meter. Hmm. How about... I'm going to give it a healthy six. I would agree with the six. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go like an eight because again, this is like my whole like it was there for a long time. Six? You're going with the six? I should suggest a movie that effed with my brain when I was here. That's a good for one. For an S1, Jacob's Ladder. I didn't sleep for three days straight after I watched yeah. that movie. Yes, I was on drugs and a teenager. But I it, it messed with me. That's why I can't go to the chiropractor. Which one? Jacob's Ladder? Because there's a scene where it's like, and they go into the alternate universe, and they're like, no, no thanks. Well, 
Yeah. Until, Until next, next time. time. Keep an eye out for the cellar door, but beware of the knives beneath. Um, I would say have empathy for those rabbits. Save the rabbits. And I don't know. I'm like questioning like free will versus fate and like mm-hmm. yeah, just I don't know. Practice free will. <laughs> Oh, are you going free will? Well, I'm going free will. Okay. Make the choices. Okay. And play more Skyrim. There's never enough play to play for Skyrim. Bye.